The 13th-ranked Kentucky Wildcats take on the undefeated Ohio Bobcats tonight. What do the Wildcats look like offensively? What do they look like defensively? And what can Ohio do to pose a legitimate threat in Rupp Arena? All that and more coming up on today's edition of Locked On Kentucky. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Kentucky basketball's matchup with the Ohio Bobcats later on tonight. What do the Bobcats look like offensively and defensively? What does Kentucky look like from a statistical standpoint offensively offensively and defensively right now? And what will Ohio be able to do to actually pose a legitimate threat on the road in Rupp Arena. This episode of Locked On Kentucky is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. Thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. My name is Lance Daw, co-host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Also writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things, but on this show specifically, we're going to be taking a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. All right, so Ohio University currently 3-0 on this very young season, going to be taking on Kentucky later on tonight. I want to go ahead and get into what the uh, the Ohio Bobcats are going to be able to do to pose a legitimate threat against the Kentucky Wildcats later on this season want to just go ahead and say right off the jump this was an NCAA tournament team last year they were led by the freshman Jason Preston who was absolutely phenomenal for them last year he is not on this team this year but so far this year they've been able to kind of stitch things together without his presence got some interesting players here worthy of note Mark Sears who is currently averaging over 19 points a game Jason Carter six foot eight Ford Ben Roderick Ben Vonderplaz and Miles Brown. Those five players are all nationally ranked inside Kim Palm's offensive rating or defensive rating. But point being, they are legitimate players. This is not an Ohio Bobcats team that is that is kind of been nailed to get past some some relatively underwhelming competition. But you look at the teams that they played so far this year. They played Belmont, beat them ninety two to eighty. They went on the road, beat beat Cleveland State seventy sixty seven to fifty six. And then they beat Robert Morris 85 to 71, who Kentucky just beat 100 to 60 just a few nights ago. So that's what the Bobcats look like from from a uh, just to just looking at what could potentially be some of their starting guys, some of their rotational guys. And that's a look at what they've done so far in this young season, looking at some of what they want to do offensively. We're going to take a look at that first. Ohio currently in adjusted efficiency, according to Kim Palm, is 65th nationally, which is pretty darn good. Keep in mind, there are well over 350 Division I FBS teams. So if you're number 65, you are you are offensively, you're, you're doing things well. Their average possession length is uh, 17.7 seconds, which is 229th in the country. So they do like to slow things down just a little bit. But you look at some of their field goal percentages, their effective field goal percentage is 85th nationally, 53.5%. They don't turn the ball over a lot. They don't turn the ball over only about 14 times a game. That is uh, 33rd nationally. So they're a really solid team. They average about 81 points a game. So they're they're effectively shooting well. They're not playing a re- an incredibly slow game like Mount St. Mary's does, but they are playing a slower game than than average 
and they're doing it with it with a relatively team effort, relatively strong team effort, I would say, behind Mark Sears, who has been has been their uh, their statistical leader so far this season. Six foot one, hundred eighty five pounds, sophomore out of Muscle Shoals, Alabama, averaging nineteen point three points per game, four rebounds a game, and three point three assists per game. He's shooting seventy five points, seventy five percent from three, six of eight from downtown so far this year, sixty four point seven percent from the floor. And I'm I'm going to be honest with you, just to 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 kind of begin to dive into what the Bobcats are going to want to do offensively. I don't think he's going to be able to sustain 75 percent from three and 64 percent from the field against a team like Kentucky. Although he's might he might be able to do it against Belmont, Cleveland State, and Robert Morris, he's not going to be able to do it against the Wildcats. You look at some of their other statistical leaders here. Jason him earlier as one of the uh, one of the more efficient players in the nation according to Ken Palm. They've got five guys again, like I said earlier, they've got five players that are nationally ranked and in, in ranked in different efficiency categories according to KenPalm.com, which is which is really solid. Again, like I mentioned, statistically this is a team effort. But Jason Carter, fifteen point three points per game, eight point seven rebounds per game. He's shooting about forty four percent from the floor. You would like to think that the forward would be shooting about 64% from the floor and the guard would be shooting about 44 but the number is flipped there. Another guy to definitely watch out for, Ben Vonderplas. He's averaging 15 points a game. I hope I'm saying his his uh, his name right. 6'8", 232-pound senior out of Ripton, Wisconsin. He's shooting about 50% from the floor so far this season, 40% from downtown. So it's a very young season, but offensively, the ball has been going in the hole for Ohio so far this year. I wonder what that's going to look like against the best competition that they've played so far this year. You look at some of some of Kentucky's defensive efficiencies. They really like to slow things down on the defensive side of the floor. They don't let teams fall early in the show. Let teams run on the lead. Kentucky does get back on defense pretty 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 well. They do they do not turn the ball. They don't force teams into turnovers a lot. They're 205th nationally in turnovers. Uh, percentage force per game, which is about 18.5% of the time Kentucky's ch- forcing a team to turn the ball over. So, and, and we noticed this in the the Mount St. Mary's game, and it's something that I, I believe that I talked about, talked about specifically what I noticed that was a really big issue in the first half, was Kentucky was letting Mount St. Mary's kind of get into their sets and let them work their offense and find a good shot at the end of the shot clock. And you look at this Ohio team right now; it's it's a better version, I feel like, of that Mount St. Mary's offense. They are uh, they're not as slow as the Mount, but they are certainly certainly a slower paced team. And so, what I think Ohio is going to do from an offensive standpoint in this game is they are going to try and work things around. They're going to try and work it around the perimeter. They're going to try and run their offensive sets. They're going to try and get into a rhythm early. And if Kentucky is not putting pressure on the ball from the get go. They may not be able to slow down what has been a pretty decent Ohio uh, offense so far this season. If, and this is a, this is a this is a uh, apparently a big if based on the way that Ohio is shooting the ball so far this year. If they are to miss some shots, then Oscar Shebway is probably going to clean it up. We you you might have heard it on the broadcast whenever Kentucky was playing Mount St. Mary's, that, that Oscar Shebway is currently first nationally in offensive rebound per- percentage. So whenever Kentucky makes a floor offensively and they go to put a shot up, 33.6% of the time when Kentucky miss- misses, 
Oscar Shibway grabs the rebound, which is, which is just an absurd number that's first nationally. But you look at the defensive rebounding percentage. Whenever Kentucky's playing defense, when the opposing team puts up a shot and they miss it, 33.9% of the time, Oscar Shibway is going to get that rebound, which is 12th nationally. That is an absurd number. That almost is more impressive to me. I know that, that Kentucky is not putting a lot of other guys necessarily in, inside the paint to crash the glass offensively. They've got Shibway there, and they're just going to let him do his thing. But defensively, you'd like to think that there'd be more than one guy grabbing as many rebounds as he does, and he is literally just a vacuum. He's vacuum on the inside. So when, in my, Ohio may run into a problem with Oscar Shibway, who has also had his fair share of blocks so far this season. So you would like to think that that Shibway, and I called it, I called it the Mount St. Mary's game. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be more of the same in this one because Ohio does look like they want to shoot uh, a little bit more uh, from outside the arc than Mount St. Mary's would elect to. I think this is going to be this is going to be a good game for Shibway. I did call last game a flex game for him. Turned out to be turned out to be quite literally what happened. But in this game, I expect him to continue to be efficient on defense, and I think that is going to uh, going to throw Ohio out of their rhythm. They also an, another interesting note here: they are their effective three point percentage is is sixty eighth nationally, but their effective two point percentage is one hundred thirty seventh nationally. And we don't have to dive too much into the statistics here. I know I know that may bore some people, but my point being is Ohio is similar to Mount St. Mary's offensively, but they're a little different in the fact that they want to shoot from outside just a little bit more, and they're a little bit more efficient uh, than Mount St. Mary's was. So that could be a problem for Kentucky, and defensively, I think that Kentucky is is, sim- is simply just going to be, I, I hate to be so repetitive on the show, but the, the Kentucky's just a better basketball team in terms of talent, and I think that's going to go a long way on defense, especially if the the effort is there which it was in the second half against the Mount. So I would like to see overall just a really a really strong performance from Kentucky's defense. And I think the most important thing I'm looking for is pressure on the ball. It's something that we didn't get against the Mount last weekend, or last game, excuse me, in the first half. Let's see if we can get some pressure on the ball against this Ohio team that can shoot the ball well. All right, so that's what Ohio is going to do offensively. What could potentially Ohio be able to do defensively to create some chaos with this Kentucky offense that, in my opinion, at times, sometimes does not know what they're doing. doesn't look like Kentucky every now and then knows what they're doing on offense. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But I want to remind you guys, today's episode of Locked On Kentucky is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Personally, I actually, I, I grew up homeschooled, but I took a lot of my classes outside uh, of the home, and whenever my classmates and I would get together and we would go to, uh, to to form a study group, we would actually pretty often for dinner we would go to McDonald's and we would uh, we would enjoy the fantastic Wi-Fi and the fantastic food, and we would just uh, we would have a really good solid study group, uh, and it was it was it was actually fantastic. It was a great time. 
So make sure you're head to your local McDonald's to refuel and connect. McDonald's, I'm loving it. All right, so continuing along here. So we broke down what Ohio will want to do from an offensive standpoint. Let's go ahead and get into what Ohio may do from a defensive standpoint. Okay, so you look at the adjusted efficiency numbers. Again, I'm getting most of this from KenPom.com. Ohio's defense is currently 141st nationally in adjusted efficiency defensively. 97.6 is the number. The Division I average, by the way, is 99.2. So they are a little bit underneath the, uh, the average there. Their average, average possession length is 15.7 seconds, which is probably the lowest I've seen yet so far out of any, any of uh, Kentucky's opponents. That's 59th nationally. And you look at their turnover percentage, though, you may be saying, well, maybe it's because they force uh, force turnovers. Well, they only force turnovers 19.1% of the time, which is better than Kentucky, but it's only 185th nationally. And again, the Division One average is 19.6. So I don't necessarily think that uh, Kentucky is um, going to be necessarily pressured all that much by Ohio's defense, even though the possession length is long. My, my assumption for that statistic is that the three teams that Ohio has played like to run fast and I'm very far off whenever Iamont likes to run fast and they like to shoot a lot of threes and offensively they're probably not going to work possessions late into the shot clock. And so that may be why that number is skewed just a little bit. You look at their effective field goal percentage allowed, 50.3. The average is 49.1, so they're about average. Their offensive rebounding percentage in terms of the amount of offensive rebounds that they allow, like the percentage of the time they allow an offensive rebound, 20.7% of the time they allow an offensive rebound, which sounds bad on the surface. It's like you're giving up an offensive rebound 20% of the time, essentially. Well, actually, the Division One average is 28.7% of the time. So they're 8% under the average there. Unfortunately, the problem is they're going up against an offense that ranks ninth nationally in offensive rebound percentage gotten, and a lot of that has to do with Oscar Shibway. But there are also other players that contribute uh, to Kentucky's excellent offensive rebounding, the rebounding that they've uh, had so far this season. Kentucky's shooting about a percent from three right now, which is absolutely fantastic. And Ohio is allowing opponents to shoot about 30.6, which is, which is below the average, uh, the, the, uh, the Division One average. They are, however, above the uh, Division One average in two-point percentage allowed, which is 52.8%. And I just got to say, the Division One average is 49%. If you're if you're allowing up your opponents to score inside the three point line fifty two percent of the time that's not good. Kentucky's allowing teams to shoot fifty percent uh, on the interior, which is which is straight up. Neither of these two teams are are doing a fantastic job at uh, at guarding things inside, and uh, that that has been a struggle for Kentucky offensively this season, um, and then defensively for for Ohio. You can you can clearly tell by the statistics that uh, they've not been fantastic in that department as well. Their block percentage is higher than Kentucky's though, and their steal percentage is just slightly underneath Kentucky. So all in all, defensively, I think this is a relatively average uh Ohio team. Defensively that is, and then Kentucky offensively, I think they do a lot of things really well um when it comes to when it comes to cr- crashing the glass and just essentially getting the ball to Oscar Shebwet. So, I think that when you look at what Ohio is going to want to do from a defensive standpoint in this game, I think they're going to try and limit what Oscar Shibwe is able to do. And I think that if they can do that, 
a lot of what Kentucky wants to do offensively may not come as easy to them as uh, as as they may want to expect. Ben Vonderplaz, man, I really hope I'm pronouncing his name right. He uh, he's looking like the guy that's really could potentially give uh, could potentially give Kentucky trouble. He is ranked nationally according to KenPom.com in defensive rebounding percentage. Gets about 24%, 24.7%. So that could be an issue. And I don't want to head into this game saying, oh, well, the statistics reflect this, so therefore it's going to happen. I said this in the game, I said this before the Mount St. Mary's matchup. Look, while the statistics and what we've seen so far this season reflect that Kentucky should go out there and they should handle this game, there is a world where Kentucky comes out flat, they can't shoot the ball well. And Mount St. Mary's is able to keep it close. And Mount St. Mary's did that for a half. But what did I also say? I also said that Kentucky's more athletic, they're more talented, and that's probably going to get them over the hump at some point in this matchup. And sure enough, that's what happened in the second half. A lot of it came to do with the way that that Kentucky was pressuring the ball, and I really hope they do that in this game, but that's beside the point right now. What I'm trying to say is, in this game, I don't want to just merely look at the statistics and say, okay, Ohio is a better version of Mount Mount St. Mary's in certain aspects, and uh, they have a pretty average defense. So Kentucky's going to win because of these metrics. I want to to be aware of the fact that, who knows, uh, Ben Vonderplas could have a great game. Mark Sears, who's been averaging 19 points a game for Ohio, could continue his shooting streak. Can Severe Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington guard this guy? Who knows? We're just going to have to find out and see. But I think on the surface, you can say that uh, that what, what I've been saying all along, which is talent wins out. But I, I don't want to just look at these raw numbers and, and just kind of dictate the way that this game could potentially play out. I want to really think about, okay, what's actually going to be going on on the court and, and think about momentum in, this, in, in these matchups. you got to think about what these teams, where these teams are at mentally, what they're trying to accomplish. Are they looking ahead? Are they, still, are they looking behind, still worried about an outcome that happened uh, previously? So there's a lot of different factors that go into this. But defensively, just kind of recap here before we move on, I think that Kentucky is, uh, is offensively going to be able to do, just to can continue to dominate because I think the combination of Severe Wheeler and Oscar Chibway it's just incredibly difficult to guard. And to be honest with you, neither of these teams have just a ton of size, but the athleticism, if you're go if you're six foot eight, six foot nine going up against a six foot eight, six foot nine guy like Shibway, you're probably not going to win that matchup. Statistics aside, I think he's just more talented. Whenever you go and watch his film, I think he's more talented. So defensively, Ohio, better than Mount St. Mary's, I feel like, in in a, in a, in a few different aspects. But overall, I think Kentucky is still able to pull this one out. And in just a moment, I'm going to give you a final score prediction, just going to give you some final thoughts on the way that I see this game potentially playing out. And I want to talk a little bit more about this Kentucky offense and some of my frustrations that I kind of elaborated on in the recap of their win over Mount St. Mary's. We'll do that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys about our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season, so make sure you head over to their new, updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite games, you do not want to wait. 
Make sure you take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Also want to tell you guys about our Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky, waxy, or just plain hard to choke down. But Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, and it's one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear that you're eating an actual candy bar. Built Bars are low in carb, low in calories, low fat, low in sugar, and high in protein, so you get all of the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. And they've got so many different flavors like coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. They are absolutely fantastic, and my personal actually is salted caramel. Anything caramel flavored, I'm a sucker for it. This month, Built Bar is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days, so you want to go over and check out their website often. You do not want to miss out. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so wrapping up Friday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Want to kind of just give my final thoughts on this matchup and how I think it's going to play out. Going to give you a final score prediction as well. Okay, so what I was talking about just a second ago is Kentucky's offense and my frustrations with it. And you look around, I guess just Division One basketball in general. You look around and you just kind of you see the some teams really like to uh, to run and gun. You look at teams like Auburn; they like to get out, they like to shoot threes, they like to move fast. Like I was talking about earlier, Belmont is one of those teams as well. Some of these teams don't necessarily dive into the X's and O's of things. They just like to get out and shoot. There's a lot of freedom in the offense, and, and they just kind of stem off of having athleticism and just being able to knock down shots. And then there are some teams, I don't want to necessarily go to this extreme and say Virginia because they are, I think, the slowest team in the entire country uh, in, in terms of the how long they hold on to a ball during a possession. But that's the extreme. But there are some teams like that out there that prefer – uh, to run things in the half court, to try and figure out how to get some things open, not necessarily on a fast break or not necessarily trying to shoot a bunch of threes. Kentucky seems like they're shooting well from from uh, beyond beyond the arc so far this season. They're about average shooting I- inside the arc, and I think my frustration does not lie necessarily in the efficiencies, but I think it lies and the, actually watching the game unfold because Kentucky outside that Duke game, they've uh, they're had they've had their way against relatively easy opponents, Mount St. Mary's, Robert Morris. Those teams are not necessarily going to challenge you for, on the defensive end. And I think Kentucky, while it's kind of been my theme so far throughout the show this basketball season that I, I want to see Kentucky kind of experiment with the offense and kind of tinker a little bit and figure out what really works for them. Let me tell you what does not work most of the time is shooting two-pointers that are outside of the paint, shooting those baseline jumpers, shooting fadeaways, shooting pull-ups that are that are essentially right there on the three-point line. Those things are not going to work statistically consistently. Three-pointers are more way more efficient to shoot and if you're going to go inside the paint, go inside the paint. That's also going to, going to be effective as well. 
way closer to the basket, it's a higher percentage percentage shot. And I'm not advocating to completely remove it from the offense. I'm just saying there are times sometimes whenever Kentucky is trying to establish a run, trying to capitalize on turnovers or just getting out with some momentum, and it looks like they don't know what they want to do on offense. They just look lost. They don't look like they know where to go with the basketball, and they just kind of panic. And I think that is is a problem because you're going to run into more talented teams that will make you pay for things like that. They will actually turn you over. They will actually score on the defensive end. Kentucky's gotten back pretty well so far this season on defense, but you're going to run into teams that are just as talented as you, just as fast as you, and will take advantage of your mental mistakes and go capitalize on them on the other end. So I'm really, I'm really looking in this game for Kentucky to not make the mental mistake. And I know that this team is not going to be going to be perfect. I'm just asking for it more often than not. Don't make mental mistakes often. I think is one of the most important things that I'm looking for in this game, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. And look, things have to necessarily be militant. Like you, there has to be a purpose for every single shot. Obviously, these are just college kids. Let them have some freedom in the offense. Let them kind of figure out what they want to do. And obviously, things are not going to come immediately for this team. Figuring out, okay. This is how we're going to run our offense. And also, not everything has to be severe wheeler driving into the lane and then just figuring out what to do off of that. It doesn't have to be, oh, well, I give it to Shibway or I kick it to Kellen Grady for a three or I kick it to Ty Ty and let him work in isolation. It's not doesn't have to be one of those things off of severe wheeler doing one thing. It can be a bunch of different things. I just don't necessarily I want it to have some sense of purpose and I want, I want the offense to have some sense of reason so that whenever they do get uh, matched up against a team that will take advantage of, the, of those mental miscues, they are, uh, they are able to handle it. And so that's what I'm looking for in this game. KenPalm.com says Ohio is going to lose this game to Kentucky 80-67. to The reason that I continue to bring up Ken Palm is because I think he's right in a lot of different things. And he predicted that Mount St. Mary's would lose to Kentucky 80 to 54 and Kentucky won 80 to 55. So, I'm going to take a uh, I'm going to take a lot of uh, of of numbers and statistics from Ken Kimpom because I I believe that he is one of the most accurate sources out there. So, he says 80 to 67 and I'm going to say 75 to 60. That is going to be my final score prediction. I don't know if Ohio is going to be able to shoot as well as they have so far this season. I don't know if Mark Seals is going to be able to to, to get 19 points on this Kentucky team. I don't know if he's going to be able to shoot 75% from three as he has so far this season. I think their efficiencies go down a little bit in Rupp Arena, and I think Kentucky is not necessarily going to be going crazy on the offensive side of the ball in terms of just firing up shots and getting through uh, getting through possessions really quickly. So I think 75 to 60 is my final score prediction there. And again, my overall takeaway, most important thing I'm looking for in this game is cutting down on the mental mistakes, specifically on the offensive side of the ball, and then putting pressure on the ball on the defensive side to make sure that offenses that that Kentucky faces down the line don't get into a rhythm. All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. On Monday's show, we're going to talk about Kentucky's game against Ohio that will be happening again this Friday night. We're going to be recapping that on Monday, and then we're going to be recapping Kentucky's game against New Mexico State, uh, Kentucky football, that is. 
Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnUK. You can follow me on Twitter at DawPound, D-A-W-E-P-O-U-N-D. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast right now and follow to make sure that you get notifications for future podcasts coming up down the line. If you would do me the huge favor of going to check out Locked On SEC with Chris Gordy, he's going to be talking about what's going on in the SEC landscape, both basketball and football-wise, over the weekend. Always great stuff from Chris Gordy. That's one week in the books. Everybody, I will see you on Monday. Go Wildcats, and God bless. 